They were there for a business meeting. When the manager called 911, they wound up leaving the store in handcuffs. Got these little kids scared. This lady's following us. A babysitting job taking an unexpected turn for Corey Lewis. All because I got two two kids in the backseat that do not look like me. Video of her complaining about a little girl selling water bottles went viral. Hi, I'm having someone that um, does not have a vendor permit that's selling water across from the ballpark. From the golf course to depositing a check in the bank, to babysitting, to brushing past with a backpack, to barbecuing, to waiting at Starbucks. Let's just say it would be a tougher game to find something people like me do every day that a black person hasn't had the cops called on them for the not. We had viral racist celebrities like Barbecue Becky, who spent almost an entire afternoon in a park pestering a group of black men who were barbecuing under the pretense of enforcing park regulations. And then came the waterworks. But she wasn't the only contender for best supporting racist. Now, she was joined swiftly by white people who took issue with a black man babysitting. I am being harassed and followed. Or a black girl selling water. She calling police on an eight-year-old little girl. You can hide all you want. The whole world gonna see you, boo. And here's the thing. While many people poked fun at these events, offering sometimes funny nicknames and memes. There is an underlying severity that has to be addressed. A severity that is exemplified when someone like Jamel Robertson came face to face with a police officer who arrived at the scene of a mass shooting and instantly took Jamel's life, despite him being the hero. Or E.J. Bradford, who was shot in the back after officers responded to a mass shooting at an Alabama mall. When you immediately resort to calling the police on a person of color, using 911 as some customer service, you're not only wasting police time, which maybe in 2019 we should make punishable by law, but you are likely putting an innocent person's life in jeopardy. This instinct among some people to wield police as a weapon against people of color is a dangerous trend that we must all look to combat going into the new year. Can't be laughed off or turned away from. And by the way, if your response is to say, well, what are we supposed to do? Not call the cops when I feel uncomfortable? Welcome to the Unprocessed Knowledge Podcast, that clip courtesy of the Young Turks. Uh, one correction I would like to add at the end of that, he said, you know, what, what are we supposed to do? Not call the cops when we feel uncomfortable. I would suggest that they're not calling the cops because they feel uncomfortable. They are calling police on black people as a way to terrorize them. Um, today's show, uh, you just heard the clip. We're going to dive right into the topic. Um, what to do when the police are called on you? How do you act? How do you handle that situation? Um, as the clip showed, we just had a year full of uh, viral incidents where black people were just living their everyday lives um, at, at Starbucks with your business associates, um, at, at the barbecue um, with, with your buddies, I'm sorry, at the park with your buddies, <laughs> having a barbecue. Um, black people going to the bank, uh, black people babysitting, um, black people standing outside their own residence selling water. And all of a sudden, you know, a, a white person comes along and feels like you're, you're doing something uh, incorrect and they, they give you a, a, a order. Uh, they tell you what they feel like you need to be doing. And if you don't follow the instructions, um, out comes the phone and uh, I'm going to call the cops on you. I'm going to co call the cops to uh, come here and deal with you, Negro, because uh, I told you what to do and you, you weren't listening. So I'm going to call somebody to come and enforce the rules and um, make you do what I feel like is appropriate. So, look, if, if, you, if you're black in America, this could happen to anybody. Um, this could happen to me. It can happen to any of you guys listening right right um, at this moment. Um, it probably has happened to uh, several of us. Um, the cops or, you know, police frivolous, frivolously 
being called on us uh, just for living our everyday lives and, you know, not doing, you know, anything wrong at all. And what I really want to talk about today is not just, you know, uh, complaining about uh, police brutality or, you know, what the police have, have done to us for over the last 400 years and how horrible the police are. I really want to talk about, you know, how, how do we handle it? How do you handle it as a, as a black person, you know, when the police are called on you? Because, you know, you know, at a, at a single moment that could get ugly. And uh, we'll touch on that, that in a second. But uh, I've noticed a pattern um, over the last year. Um, if you're just, you know, living your normal life, not doing anything and some random white person decides for, you know, whatever reason, you know, you just being black and outside, you know, that's that's big enough reason for them to decide they want to call the police on you. Um, I would suggest, uh, even though it can be a stressful and emotional situation, I would suggest keep your calm. Don't start cussing and fussing. Don't don't start threatening bodily harm. Don't don't, you know, tell the people, you know, <laughs> or tell, tell the white person what you're going to do to them if, if they do this or this, that and the third. Stay calm. Um, your best friend is actually the camera phone. Everybody's got a smartphone. Um, everybody's got a, a video camera in, in their pocket. Stay calm. Pull out your phone. Put that phone right in that person's face and start recording them. And when you're recording them, um, state your claim. Be like, hey, I'm just, you know, I'm standing here minding my own business. I'm, I'm at the park minding my own business. I'm at the bank minding my own business. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm babysitting, you know, just living life. And for some reason, um, this white person decides he's, they're going to practice racism and call the police on me and put the camera right in their face um, so everybody can see who they are and everybody can see what's going on. And um, you have documented the situation because if you do not do that, white people will make up any type of lie as soon as the police get there and the police will believe them. So you need some type of proof. You need some type of evidence. Um, I noticed this pattern. Um, I'm sure most of you have seen the uh, barbecue Becky video, right? Uh, people started re recording her and she got nervous. She started walk walking away. Um, she, she didn't want to be on film. Uh, the same situation with the uh, little girl that was selling water uh, her, and some, uh, a white woman threatened to uh, call the police on her for selling water without a, a permit or some nonsense. You know, her, her mother automatically started recording and, and started following her. And that, and that woman, she ran around the corner and was ducking and hiding. She didn't want to be on film. She didn't want people see her calling the police on the little girl for selling water. Because a pattern I noticed is that white people do not be or do not like to be documented when they are actually practicing racism. Um, they do a very good job of pretending. I mean, they'll go on the job, they'll, they'll go to church, they'll, you know, go, go in their social circles and act like that, you know, they're not racist and they're so liberal and they're so down, but hey, the minute they're alone and they see a little black girl selling water, oh, I need to call the cops on her. So they get very uh, embarrassed. Um, it's almost like you are uh, blowing their cover, right? It's almost like they live life undercover. Um, they, they practice racism anytime they can against black people, but they don't want you to know that they practice racism against you, right? They want to get in good with you. They, they want to move, move amongst you. So you, the minute that you're recording them and you're saying what's going on, like, hey, I'm just sitting here at Starbucks with my business associates and these people call the cops on me. I mean, th this is racial. Um, I feel like I'm being terrorized. I feel like I'm, I'm being targeted. Uh, when when you document that, they don't like that. That's a pattern that I noticed. Um, that there was another video uh, I seen. It, it was it was a, a brother. I forget where he was. He was in a in an apartment building, and he was actually going to his apartment. And you know, a white female. She was following him, questioning him whether or not he lived there. Didn't think he belonged in the building. I think she also 
uh, threatened to call the police on him, and he started recording it. He put the camera right up, right up in her face. I'm like, hey, man, you know, this woman, she's terrorizing me, threatening to, threatened to, you know, uh, call the police on me, and I'm just walking to my apartment. And as soon as he put that camera up in her face, her whole tune changed. Right? It was like, oh, no, she put on, you know, the the valley white girl voice, the innocent, just, oh, no, well, you know, I was, you know, I, I just wanted to meet you. I never seen you before, and I just wanted to introduce myself. Psst whatever <laughs> you know they will change on a dime and pretend like you know that they were doing something completely different so if you are ever in a situation with with you know the cops are just called on you for no reason at all hey it's i would suggest it's in your best interest to pick up your phone record state your claim i was just sitting here minding my own business doing xyz this white person right here they called the police on me for nothing let that be your proof because if, if you don't have proof they'll just make up any type of lie um and and hold it against you and they will believe it we always got to keep in mind that uh the reason that the police are called uh, against black people so frequently for such frivolous things is that is a way for them to deal with you, right? That, like, if you know, if you don't want to follow my instructions, I'll call someone here whose instructions you will follow. And let's uh, never forget, um, white people are not ignorant, right? White people, they got the internet, they got TV too. They, they know and they see what these police have been doing uh, to all these viral incidents of what the police have, have done to black folks. I mean, Philando Castillo, Alton Sterling, uh, Sandra Bland. Uh, Eric Gardner, my God, Stephon Clark, um, Tamir Rice. I mean, the list just goes on and on and on. Uh, why are we on it? That situation with, with, with Tamir Rice, they had they had a helicopter. They had like a helicopter and some type of night vision, and you could see everything going. It was, it was almost like a video game. And they just ran back in the brother's bar, bar, backyard and just blew his head off and just sitting there doing nothing. So white people are not ignorant. Um, I've heard many people make that claim before. I don't believe it. They called... Think think of it like this. Think of it like if you had the power to press a button and anyone you targeted when you press this button could potentially be killed. That's the power white people have when they take out their phones and dial 911. They know that potentially the police could kill you and get away with it. And wouldn't nothing happen. That is a, literally a life threatening situation. Um when anybody calls the police uh, against a black person, let alone a white person. Now, let's not be silly. Let's not be foolish. You know, if you're in a situation where, you know, the police need to be called, the police need to be called. But I'm talking about when white people are targeting black people with the threat of calling the police on him, on them. Really, what they're doing is threatening your life. Because that could literally be a life or death situation. If you could just reference all the situations I just named previously. Um, if you've been under a rock, um, if you don't have a television, if you don't use the Internet, and if you never heard of those names I mentioned, the Tamir Rice, Alton Sterling, Stephon Clark, Sandra Bland, Flando Castell. If you've never heard of these names, then I, woo, you got a lot of catching up to do. But I would suggest that most people who've heard this broadcast or are listening to the broadcast have are familiar with those names, those videos, those situations, and also familiar familiar with the fact that those police officers that committed those acts did not get punished. Uh, the police officer, uh, Officer Betty Shelby, um, who shot and killed Terrence Crusher down in uh, the Tulsa, Oklahoma area, she she got transferred. Uh, she's still on the force. She's still a police officer. Uh, she got fired 
from the job that she was at and she picked up a job in the next county. The next county hired her as a police officer. When the county she was working in, when that Terrence Crutcher situation happened, they concluded that she was unfit uh, to serve. The next county was like, well, she's fit enough to serve here. So, hey, white people don't get fired. They get transferred. And let me just expound when I said earlier, I, I don't feel like, you know, white folks is ignorant when it comes to police uh, brutality. Um, if, if, if you want some proof, uh, I speaking for myself, I recognized this back when I was a child and the uh, Rodney King situation happened. Um, when that Rodney King situation happened, that was the first time on video that people actually have evidence of police, you know, brutally beating a black man in the middle of the highway. I think his only crime was he may have been, you know, speeding. I, I think they may say he may have been speeding on, under the influence, but uh, you don't, you, you shouldn't take a severe beating for, for a speeding ticket, right? <laughs> and that was caught on video. And when that thing, I'm not gonna do a whole show on it, but when that thing went to trial, obviously all the police officers got off and black people, they, you know, got really upset. And that's what started the LA riots, all right? A lot of people don't understand the LA riots didn't start when, when the Rodney King tape, uh, first came out of, of him getting beat by the cops. Uh, that riot started after the trial and all the police officers got off because the lie that white people or white the white community was selling the black community for, you know, decades and decades was that they just didn't believe them and uh, they didn't believe that police would, you know, was just randomly beating them or were, were rough on them. They believed that, you know, you were probably, if something happened to you, you were probably doing something and you deserved it. So when that evidence came out um, of what the police did to Rodney King and that jury looked at it and still let the police off, that was the white community telling the black community, we know police brutality against black folks exists. We know it's real and it's acceptable. And that's what we want them to do. And that's what started those riots. Um, fast forward to today, I feel like all these viral incidents of um, young, of not just young, but just black people uh, being killed by the police that you see on, you know, CNN and other news networks. They just keep replaying the tape over and over and over again. My conjecture is that those are modern day lynchings. Um, never forget, a lynching is nothing but a uh, a killing in public. That's all lynching is. Um, a spectacle killing, uh, if, if you will, for a community to show its power against another community. And that's really all those were. Those were modern day lynchings. And for none of those police officers to get punished, that's the white community telling the black community, uh, we know the police are killing you. We know the police are still brutalizing you. And we don't care. Um, it's acceptable. And if we feel like we need to call them, we need to call them. And if we do call them, maybe you get killed, maybe you won't. <laughs> we'll see how all that goes, right? Um, we, we can never forget that black people in America, you are not safe from the police anywhere, even in your own home. That, that situation down in Dallas, uh, the, the brother's name uh, escapes me, but when the, you know, the female uh, police officer walked in his somehow gained entry into his apartment, I still haven't figured out, you know, how that happened, shot and killed him and then lied. And said, oh, well, uh, I thought it was my apartment and I thought he was an uh, intruder. I never believed that for two seconds. Um, I'm going to have to check up on that case. I haven't checked up on that case in a while. But, hey, this young black man sitting at home in his own apartment, minding his own business, doing whatever he, it is he's doing in the privacy of his own home. And the police officer walks in his own home and blows him away. I mentioned Stephon Clark earlier. I believe he was uh, in his backyard 
you know, talking on the cell phone, doing whatever it was. He was doing mind his own business. Police enter, shoot, blow his head off. I mean, it, it can happen to anybody at any time. It's not just, uh, you know, the root, you know, it, it's not just being in your car and you, you get pulled over anymore. Psst, hey, a group of black men go to Starbucks. Hey, hey police are called. Thankfully, none of them got killed, but you, you never know. Uh, Sandra Bland, man, just, you know. Tamir Rice. <laughs> I could go on and on and on. Um, a moment of silence for all of them. All right. Uh, back to it. Like I said, I, I didn't want to spend the whole program um, talking about, you know, um, the last couple of years, the viral events and the, uh, between black people and the police. I'm sure we're all aware of them. But let's talk about some solutions. Um, I feel like as a community, look, these officers got to be held accountable. Look, not, not only do the people who are frivolously calling the police on black folks should they be exposed and held accountable via the uh, social media uh, the internet um, using these tools that are available to us for the uh, you know to help us out I mean it's, it's, it's a two-way street um, but the police officers who brutalize who attack who terrorize who murder black people they need to be held accountable as well um, they should pay for the crimes that they've committed because, you know, black people, we are always held accountable for our crimes. And if, if we're he held accountable for our crimes, they should be held accountable for theirs, too. And I feel like murder is a very serious offense. And if um, you commit murder, I don't care who you are, what you are, what color you are, you should be held accountable for your crime. And um, these police officers, they are not held accountable. So we need to make it clear as a community that, look, not only do these um, police officers need to be held, held accountable, but their bosses, uh, the police chief, um, the police commissioners, they need to be held accountable as well. And um, this kind of leads into uh, local politics. Um, things work differently depending on depending on where you live at. I mean, I don't know where, where you guys live at, but usually the uh, chief of police is um, he's like the senior most operating uh, police officer in, in, in that level. But uh, no, he has a boss. Right. And his boss. Um, is usually uh, politically appointed, whether it's the police commissioner or county executive or mayor. Like I said, I don't know how things work we, where you live. Different, um, give different counties, different states. Things work 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 differently, but who whoever has a politically appointed position that that uh, the chief of police has to talk to, we need to make it clear to them that a. Hey, if we got a rogue killer cop on the loose um, in this community and we don't feel safe and we live here and we pay taxes here and we vote here. Not only are we going to hold that police officer responsible, if he, you know, uh, does something, you know, crazy, but we're going to hold you accountable as well. And we're going to, you know, remove you and get somebody in here that, that's going to keep us safe. Right. We need to uh, flex our local political power. Uh, and like I said, we need to find out who, who this person is and, you know, go to town halls or send them emails or petitions or however we organize politically and get that message across. We need to let political appointed uh, officials know that, hey, um, we live here, we work here, we pay taxes here, and we want to be safe. Um, police officers are supposed to work for the community. The police are supposed to work for us. They're not supposed to terrorize us. And if we got to kill a cop on the loose, he needs to be held accountable to the fullest extent of the law. And um, if he's not dealt with in a way that the community sees appropriate, not only do we want to, you know, remove you, police commissioner or a county executive or mayor, we want the police chief held responsible and we want that officer held, held responsible, all three of them. And that's something that we need to do a better job of um, 
doing politically at the local level. Uh, we need to organize. We need to come uh, come together as a community wherever you live. Um, try to get involved. Um, do a quick Google search. Find out who's the police chief, the police commissioner, or whoever in your area. Find out who is the political appointed person that the police have to answer to, right? Because no matter where you are in the country, uh, whoever is running the police department, he has to answer to somebody else who who's, who's politically appointed. So, um Man, we need to um, flex our muscle as political muscle as, as as a community, and we need to put the pressure on these people and let them know, look, we're not going for it. I mean, that's that's one of the many tactics that we have to do in 2019. I feel like other groups they they flex their political muscle. Um, they not only organize and you know come together and get on the same page, they also put their money where their mouth is. If you have a political agenda, if you don't have any uh, finances behind it, it's only going to take you so far, right? So I feel like, look, like I said in previous show, I'm not a preacher. I'm not a teacher. These are my personal opinions. Um, I'll speak for myself. Look, um, I'm not bragging and boasting, but, you know, I, I got money for Jordans. I got money for Timberlands. I got money for iPhones. I got money to put up on a political agenda. I got money to put up on a plan, a community plan that's going to keep me safe. Um, that's going to hold police officers accountable and uh, whoever's in charge of them uh, accountable as well. Um, I feel like if enough of us get together and organize, um, and every, everybody don't have to put up thousands or even hundreds of dollars. If enough of us get together, organize, this is our political agenda locally. This is what we want. This is what we're uh, holding you uh, responsible for, a political uh, appointed official who's um, in charge of the police. Um this is how, you know, this is our uh, political donation. And um, there are ways to do that legally. Um, <laughs> I'm not a political scholar, but I do know there are ways to, you know, uh, donate to people's campaign funds and this, that, and the third legally. And we got to get involved and we got to start attacking things that way because, look, this just can't go on. Let's just keep it real. Black people have been terrorized by the police since forever, right? Over 50 years ago, um, you know, during, during the civil rights movement, they were talking about the police. So this isn't nothing new um this is something that has went on this is something that is going to continue to go on i don't think it's happening at an epidemic rate today i think it's happening at the same rate it's always happened the only difference is now everybody has a video camera in their pocket everybody has access to the internet it's very easy to record and to go viral and we got to be smart out here it's a battle that needs to be fought on many 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 fronts Hey guys, that's my time. Unprocessed Knowledge Podcast. Follow me on all social media sites. Unprocessed underscore knowledge. If you like the show, you think the show is constructive, share. Um, let a friend know. Uh, appreciate you guys showing me support. If you like what you hear on this podcast, um, my latest work, Hypocrisy in America, The Veil of White Supremacy, is available on Amazon.com. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Um, I'll check you all next time. As we walk, we must make the pledge that we shall always march ahead. We cannot turn back. There are those who are asking the devotees of civil rights, when will you be satisfied? We can never be satisfied as long as the Negro is the victim of the unspeakable horrors of police brutality. We can never be satisfied.